time to get back to the action with Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid. This is Dirt World. Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com with my good friend Billy the Kid. As always, I am Joe Dirt. Pleasure to be on board with you for our Wednesday night motorsports installment. And as promised, driver on the line right now has picked up the National Late Model Series Southern Dirt Tour Championship six times. That's right, two times. He is the O'Reilly Southern All-Stars Late Model Champion. And Sunday, he added the Georgia State Championship to his resume. Ladies and gentlemen, Ocala's Ivan and Lloyd. Ivan and how are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic, man. Really appreciate you being with us. Ivan, this was a tough weekend. I mean, you know better than anybody, perhaps, uh, Frankie Lloyd's mindset, all the racing you've done up there and the relationship you've developed with uh, Golden Isle Speedway. Uh, you know he didn't want to have to do what he did, but, I mean, waiting till Sunday, obviously, was a pretty good recipe for you guys. Yeah, Frankie, uh, I mean, he's going to try and get the races in, and I can understand his point. It does cost us a lot of money, you know, to leave and come back. Um, he, he only does that as a necessity, and, you know, he he, uh, he puts up, um, you know, the money. And, he, yeah, I mean, you can look at the grandstands uh, Sunday afternoon and tell, you know, he, he definitely didn't make any money, but he got the show run and got us out of there. So, you know, you have to carry a certain amount of appreciation for that. Indeed, Ivan, uh, obviously uh, talking to Billy off the air uh, over the last week and, and what have you, you know, you were pretty strong from the get-go on Friday night. I mean, you knew where you were going to be Friday night. Saturday, of course, uh, you know, you certainly had a little bit of track time. But uh, what? how concerned were you with having to negotiate a daytime race at Golden Isles? I mean, let's face it, I mean, that is not uh, uh, not very common that you guys, uh, any late models, race during the day like that. Did you have some concerns about that? No, uh, not really, because we've, we've done a bunch of daytime racing in the past. Um, I, I've raced at a lot of different places and, and done daytime racing. We did one a uh, week before Sunday. Uh, we were in uh, Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, and run a daytime race. You know, so, I mean, I, I've, I have quite a bit of experience on it, and it usually doesn't promote very good racing, um, but I kind of you know, knew what to expect. Yeah, indeed, and, and that's something that you know is, is, is often talked about in local short track racing, you know, uh, everybody's trying to find the right recipe for success at their racetrack, and it always comes up, why not race on Sundays? You know, if we're already having to compete with the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, you know, on television, why not go toe-to-toe with them and, and have these races on Sunday? It, you know, and people meet this with, with different thoughts. You know, they, they, you know, some people agree, some don't agree, but uh, obviously having done one just a week before, uh, you were prepared for it, no doubt. Yeah, we got, we got pretty prepared for it. Um, you know, once we figured out that, you know, it was gonna, we were going to race in the daytime on Sunday. You know, we kind of knew what to do to the car, and I've, I've got quite a bit of experience racing in the daytime. So, I, I'm I'm starting to get like everybody else. You know, I, I kind of like being home on Sundays. This is, um, you know, we left Friday at lunchtime, and we didn't get home till Sunday night about eight o'clock. So it, it made a full weekend of it. And uh, sure. you know, it just I, I, I don't mind racing on Sundays, but it's, it's definitely not something you know I want to do all the time. I would. You know, rain out I can understand, and I, I don't try and run too many scheduled races on Sundays because I like to be back home. Billy, did he look as good as he sounds? Well, you know, the the thing that I was going to say was a lot of people don't realize, and a lot of people that are listening, uh, when they saw the 07 roll in the gate and uh, they they knew that Dent was driving it, a lot of people probably had in their mind thinking, well, this ain't going to be so so tough. You know, it ain't going to be so easy for Dent. That, but I tell you what, Dent, we talked about it this week. You pretty, you, you fit in that car pretty comfortable in that in that clay, machi- that clay machine. We seen you run it one time before at Volusia, and if something hadn't have broke on it, I think you would have blistered them that night. Yeah, well, I'm, both y'all know that you know me and David, pretty good buddies, have been for a long time, and uh, I've had real good success in his car. I've, I've driven it, uh, I want to say, you know, six seven times, 
and run some Ray Miller shows with it, um, run at Volusia with it a couple times, and I've always ran Will Well in it, and I, I think we kind of know why that is. Is you know both y'all know David Well, um, he's crew chief and driver. Um, mm-hmm. Same with me, you know. I mean, I, I have to work on all, all my stuff and get it ready, and it's just gotten to the, both our points in our lives. Um, we've got so much going on outside of racing, me with my family and him with his family. You know that it's it, it's hard for you to go and do that, and the kind of the recipe me and him have is. He takes care of the car, and I worry about what to do to the car and drive at the car, and it takes the load off his shoulders and takes the load off my shoulders, and it seems like it's a, a good fit. And, and Ivan, let me just say, Billy, real quick, there are not many guys that can get into David Clegg's car. You're one of, I can count on less than one hand who's been in that race car. So that, that's kind of a tall order to fill, and uh, it shows the relationship that you've developed with him. You know, Yeah, it does. I, you know, David's not going to stick anybody in it, and he, and he has good stuff. Um, a lot of people, you know, like me, I raced out of a van and an open trailer for years, and, and David still does. And, uh, you know, these people don't, don't don't need to be fooled by that. He has good stuff. He <laughs> spends money in the right places. Um, he has very good motors, and he has very good race cars. And I, I've just always been successful, you know, the handful of times that I've got in his stuff. And I, and I, I really do think that is the reason why is because he can concentrate on – working on the car and i can concentrate on driving the car and worrying about what the racetrack's doing and whereas when i'm running my own stuff i'm having to do everything and when he's driving his car he has to do everything and you know it's almost it's a relief when you get in the car and then you have to go out there and get your mindset right well when me and him do this together his mindset is to do what i ask of him to do to the car what he thinks we should do to the car and my mindset is to drive the car and, you know, listen to him, and we make better choices when we do that, and everything seems to work better. You know, one thing that I noticed on this weekend was David Clegg was relaxed, and I was at Lloyd was relaxed. And I think those two, I mean, even though you didn't show it or maybe if you weren't, you sure looked at to me that both of you guys are pretty relaxed. That's the re- most relaxed I think I've seen David Clegg at the racetrack in a long time, and when I saw him relaxed on Saturday and saw you relaxed on Saturday, I said, this ain't good for the other 29 guys that are here because this could get ugly pretty quick. And you did. You rolled out for qualifying. You was the fastest thing there. I mean, there was a few guys that went in front of you. I think you were in group two or group three, and the, there was a few guys in front of you, and boom, the 07 went off out there and just I mean, laid down a blister and lap. As a matter of fact, I think it's a track record for the for those type of cars, I believe, is what they were saying. Yeah, that's what, that's what Frankie told me today. I talked to him today. And you're absolutely right. You know, David's got a, a business to run. I have a business to run um, with the economy not doing well. You know, we've got a lot on our shoulders right now, all of us trying to, you know, succeed in this and, and, and make sure we're there when the economy does turn around and stay in business. And on top of that, you know, I'm trying to raise a family, and I've got three kids now. And, um, you know, David's got his kids grown, but he's got a pretty large sod, sod farm to take care of. Um, you know, so we just we both have a lot of stuff on our plate outside of racing and Time has become, you know, very minimal, and, and it does. It, it's re- very relaxing. And I'll tell you something else. Um, you know, I used to um, talk to, to Dick Murphy quite a bit, and the situation he had with Bobby Kay and with Tuck Trenum, um, with the little team they had going, they went with the mindset they were going to win the race they went to. And it was a pretty good combination, and I, I just think that's, you know, all last week when, when me and David would talk, you know, I could tell David was jones up and ready to go do this, and I was too. And I think when you go with that type of mindset, you get there and you're relaxed, like you said. Everything goes pretty well, and I've got one job to do, and that's to drive the car and drive it right and to drive it efficiently. Um, you know, David does his job by supplying me with something that I can do that with. It just, it just really works out pretty well. 
you know, you've always been uh, in the deal with, you know, you always pretty much had Byron Corey Motors, which is what uh, Clegg has in that car, and it's a Byron Corey 362. And I, I know, like we talked about, you've, drove, you've driven that car before with the 362, but, you know, a lot of people might say that there's a little bit of difference or not, but what's the difference in a 362 and, and like, a 358? It's definitely better. Um, you know, there, there's no substitute for motor, that, that's for sure. But it, it's mainly how you use it. And right. the last couple of years of me driving, you know, the cars with the open motors in them, it, I think it adapted well to that. Um, I had a pretty in-depth discussion with Byron Sunday night whenever I got home, um, you know, about how to drive the car with those motors in it that he can, you know, pass along to, you know, some of the other guys that he's customers right. he's have that he's built those motors for. Those guys overlooked some stuff. Um, they run better, and they're very good motors, but they're still, you know, 200 horsepower off a late-model motor. Um, and I, I just think I adapted well to that because I've, I've raced a, a wide variety of stuff with different, different style motors in them. I think that's just the biggest reason why, you know, it, you know, it, it kind of fit my style. And I think we're going to, you know, run this thing some more at some of the racetracks we feel that that motor will be effective at. Ivan, when we talked to you, I guess it was just before the opener of the 2009 uh late model season for the most part you had uh, uh said you're going to race what was it the national late model series and the united dirt late model challenge series things kind of changed a little bit as the season got going here What's, i think he i think he said he's going to try to run most of the southern all-stars towards the wheatland deal yeah i mean is that possible i know you guys got to pick and choose and you got to go to the right event that uh suits you know what's best for your business but uh what what kind of changes have taken place in the schedule since we talked to you last? Well, uh, if you if any of y'all have been to my website, you've noticed that my schedule's gotten wiped out. Um, yeah, pretty much took the schedule off. Yeah. And and the main reason why is, is the economy. I, you know, I have a I have a business here, and I'm right now self funding my own racing operation, and that's the bottom line. I have to race smart. We were going to run majority of the Southern All Star races. I was going to try and run the road to Wheatland and run the first Lucas races. And at the end of last year, we thought we were going to have the finances to do that. Um, unfortunately, I had to spend my finances in the business to keep this thing going, you know, because we're slow, like a lot of companies are. I mean, we're a uh, mechanical machine shop. Uh, right. You know, we, we deal with a lot of in- industry and, and multiple parts and stuff like that, and it's just, it's just not there right now. The business is not there. People have tightened up on their money. So it caused us to have to reevaluate, plus – I was hoping for a good speed week, and I didn't have one. Um, and that that kind of put the, you know, the ball in motion there for me to sit back and decide on which route would be the the better way for me to go. And after I talked to some of the some of the uh, product sponsors I have, and some of the people that I deal with closely, like the guys at Hoosier, um, the guy, the fuel guy um, that we get our gracing gas from, you know, we kind of all you know, agreed that maybe it would be better if I stayed closer to home this year. I mean, obviously with Ken Kenny and Ray Miller, they're both throwing some money around. Really? Um, you know, there's, you know, even if it's only a 3,000 win race, you know, there may be a 3,000 win race at Ocala Speedway, which is in my backyard. So, you know, it would make more sense to me to go there than it would be to travel five, five hours up the road, you know, to race for $5,000. Well, um, Ivan, real quick, I mean, we talked about this to several different drivers, uh, and not only here on the program, but I talked to them on Saturday nights on the microphone at the racetrack. You talk about Ken Kinney and Ray Miller kind of tossing some money around as local uh, touring series, if you will, here in the southeast. There's an opportunity, and you are a prime candidate for somebody that could pick up perhaps both of those championships, and it could be a, around a $50,000 year for you. Is that something that you've even considered at all to, to try to run both of those shows? 
Yeah, we did consider it. If it wouldn't have been for the fact that we had already got all these open motors in here, it would have, it would have been a lot easier choice to do that. These things are hard to sell right now. You, you yeah. can't just pull it out and get on the phone and call somebody and sell a motor right now. Um, we have a lot invested in these motors, and I really don't want to get rid of them. Um, the, the biggest thing that, that kept us from doing exactly what you said, trying to go for both of them, was we were not prepared to do that when I made the decision to pull the plug on, on, the, on traveling. Um, weren't, we weren't prepared to do that, and for me to you know, just call Byron and spend you know, $20,000 would have been foolish on my behalf also. That's the reason why we just kind of kick back a little bit. We want to run some races around here. Um, I'm actually going to the Lucas Oil races this weekend at Screven and Swainsboro. Good deal. And we're going to go go up there and run those. They both pay well. They both have good start money. And that will help us um, continue to race a little bit out there. I'm going to drive David's car till I can get a couple motors in here for the uh, to race here. And then, you know, we'll be able to race local, too. I don't have any steel stuff right now. My wow. steel stuff, I had ended up, um, I had sold a motor and uh, invested in some aluminum stuff, and I, I need to get some motors to race around here. Yeah. And that's, well, that's I mean, the kind of direction we're going right now because I've got Ocala in my backyard paying 1000 to win. I've got Volusia running on Saturday nights paying 1000 to win. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, makes more sense to me to just stay around here right now. And, and that's cool. I mean, get that steel stuff, and then for our own selfish uh, reasons, we'd love to have you. I mean, it's, uh, believe me, I hated to see you. Well, I haven't Lloyd is somewhere up in Illinois, somewhere, you know, here this weekend, and we're not going to see him. But I think that's cool, man. I, I really, really do understand the adjustments you had to make, certainly, uh, to you know, to kind of fit this economy and what's going on with your business. But uh, I, I think it's good. It's good for uh, us local guys, man, that, that don't get to kind of load up and, and go to these races all over the country. So um, I, I know you'll do well, there's no doubt. I mean, you've proven successful wherever you go. You talk about not having a good speed week. What was not that good about it, Ivan? I mean, Talk about February a little bit and some of your expectations that you had. Well, most everyone that knows me knows I'm, I always call myself a super speedway racer. Uh, we kind of joke around with some of the guys, um, you know, that some of the uh, full-time racers. Um, we kind of joke around with them about me being a super speedway racer. I'm right, right. good on big racetracks. That's kind of okay. a known fact. Um, I usually go to Brunswick, and the past three or four years, I have come out of that deal up there, the Super Bowl, uh, with a couple top five finishes, always top ten finishes unless I broke, and taking in some money. We need our butts kicked sometimes for some of the stuff we do when we get to Volusia because we take for granted <laughs> that we race over there a lot, and yeah. we took a brand-new car to Volusia. And, you know, Monday night we qualified, I think, second fastest overall. Sure and did, got in through the heat race and, you know, had no clue what to do the car for the future, and we struggled. Um, but the first couple nights, you know, it looked like we were going to get better, and, you know, we just started making the wrong choices on the cars. Um, the good thing of it is, is we struggled 50 miles from the house and learned a lot about the race car. Um, you, you know, it was the new piece that Mike Snow had built me, and I've been in just about everything the past couple years. Um, I've drove a lot of different race cars, and I never can never found anything that I really liked. Um not saying that not saying these guys build bad race cars because they don't. I feel like they're all good race cars. I just didn't find anything that I liked or right, right. make do what I wanted to do. And, and I've been with with Mike Snow for so long and driven so many of his race cars that when we got when I got back into this thing, you know, the first couple nights this thing's kind of quirky feeling to me. But after them first couple nights, I mean, I'm right at home. Yep. Uh, I went to Livonia, Georgia, two weeks ago, and I had some uh, had a little problem with the motor and had to had to park it for the night, but the car was great. The car was, was excellent. Um, everything that we've learned during speed weeks and we applied, 
you know, our knowledge and his knowledge and, and put put towards the car what we thought we needed to do, and this thing is good. And, and I think we've got a good piece, and that's the same car David Clegg has is just like my car. You know, so that, that's what I mean about struggling during speed weeks. You know, all them guys are down. Um, the competition's hard enough to even just to get in the shows, much less get a good finish out of them. And with, um, you know, us trying to take a new car over there, you know, we just, we just ended up struggling towards the end of the week and, and found ourselves not making the race. You know, one one thing I want to ask was, and I know you talked about uh, running locally a little more and more this year. Um, but I know the dream is going to come about the same weekend as the Powell Memorial. So, is there a shot we might see you at the Powell this year, or are you obligated to go back to the dream? Right now, we're obligated to go back to the Prelude. Uh, right. Do do the thing with David again. That's uh, that's we've already made plans to do that. I may have. Um, an opportunity to drive something here at Ocala, and if that's the case, I may come back home. Okay. Um, the deal with the Prelude is a pretty cool deal. I knew you was obligated or you had a commitment to the Prelude deal, but I remember last year you left on Saturday, and as a matter of fact, that's the, when you picked up the Southern All-Star win that Saturday night at Mountain Speedway or Mountain Raceway in Tennessee, and that's why I was asking. I, I, to be honest with you, I think it would be awesome to, to see uh, Ivan and Lloyd running the Powell Memorial, and I know that's something that you – been looking to knock down for a win in a while, so that would be. Uh, I think that'd be really neat. But uh, yeah, it, it really is. You know, it's, it's one of the races but, I want to win. Right, and you'll have some steel stuff together by then for sure. Yeah, yeah we will. And I have uh, in the past, I've had the opportunity to race that race a couple times on asphalt. But I, you know, I'm very limited on asphalt experience. It was pretty much just because you know we're friends with James and wanted to run that race. And now that it's back dirt, I really hated missing that race last year. But we had already done. We'd already put the plans together to go to the Prelude with David, and this year we we did the same thing. We're gonna we're gonna David's gonna drive the car here in a couple of weeks when we go to Talladega on Friday night. He'll drive the car then, and then we'll do. I'm pretty sure you know everything for the Prelude's gonna work out. But I'm thinking that I might just load up after the Prelude's over and come back home. Okay. Um, it'd be I think it'd be a good opportunity, especially if I do spend some time between now and then. That race is in what, like June sixth or eighth yeah, or something like that. First weekend in June. That's going to give me the opportunity to be racing around here a little bit more. And I mean, you know, both of y'all see me race at Ocala here lately. I mean, I used to, I used to uh, kind of own that place for for several years there, and uh, I mean, I've, I've struggled there um, since uh, Mike's put Clay back on the racetrack. I think I've won two races there out of all the times I've been there, and they were weekly shows. Right. You know, so I, I I've definitely struggled at a place that you know used to. I I could pretty much go out there and, and race in reverse and win. <laughs> um, and it's just it's just simply because we haven't put forth the effort. Um, I, I love the racetrack, uh, just like the other night. You know that was 100% driver error on my behalf. You know I had a uh, not a re- not a real good qualifying effort. Um, we we know why we didn't qualify well, and you know we come in the heat race and we run a little better in the heat race and we start 12th in the feature. And you know I, I'm telling my wife the whole time if I can keep the fenders on this thing. You know, we'll run good tonight. I just feel like my car is good. I feel like everything's good. We, we knew why we didn't qualify well. So once it become feature time, when we took that that out of the equation, I knew I would be good. And 100% driver error. I watched the video. Uh, me and Jason Fitzgerald were actually up there Saturday when it was raining. We watched the uh, video of the race. And uh, I just slap drove over a tire, you know. 100% driver error. There's nothing else, no excuse I can give you. I will tell you that I I don't I don't know if you I know you haven't been there racing since but I actually got Mike convinced to move them tires off the racing surface and put them at the edge instead of a foot or two out and I think that's going to help things and it has helped but 
the way I convinced Mike to do it was the first time somebody drives across the grass, we'll move them back. But it's been pretty good for two or three weeks there. I mean, I know we got rained out last week, but I watched a lot of you guys, or not really a lot of you guys, but a lot of guys at the racetrack clip them tires. And sometimes you see they're out there. I think they're I think they're out there a little bit too far. And I could understand trying to move them up the racetrack, but you know, open at night there last year, a lot of guys were racing on the grass, but the berm on the inside wasn't as high then and as it is now. So right. I and, think and, that'll help things too. I ended up running second last year behind Shane in that opening race. Right. And uh, they, I don't know if you recall or not, um, my car was real good off the bottom of turn four, and there was a tire down there. And I don't right. know if you recall this or not, but I moved that tire out of the way on purpose. Yeah, I know. I saw you. <laughs> you know, I got down there and got that thing out of my way, and once I got the thing out of my way, I could I could get moving then. Um, well, but, that's what I try, I try to explain to him that that turn four is so tight anyway, that little tire doesn't need to be out there as far as it is. You need to get all that you can on the bottom, but... I can understand Mike's point, too. You don't want them racing the grass. But you know what? If they're in that grass, they're going to lose two or three spots. I don't care what they think. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. He asked me after the race was over if I was going to complain and gripe to him about the tires being out in the racetrack. And I said, hey, you know, how can I complain? I passed it for 33 laps in a row and never touched it. And then I drive slap over it. I mean, that, to me, he's just the idiot behind the steering wheel, uh, which happened to be me that night. Um, you know, and I, there's no excuse for it. And that's, you know, my wife pounded me for two or three days afterwards about how ignorant I was. And, you know, and her her thing was she's, she's sitting up there in the stands and she's saying, I watched you, you know, not push the issue. Uh, during that race, there was a couple times we went down the back straightaway that I was slap up beside somebody and I got off the gap and let them get back in line. Right. Um, right. Because I didn't want to push the issue and get my stuff tore up or, or bent up or anything else. Yeah, and I saw that too. She says, uh, I sat there and watched you just be as patient as you could be, and she says, you get the second, you drive over a tire all by yourself. She said, you're a complete idiot. So, <laughs> I love you too, honey. Yeah, but that, you know, that that's just the type of type of stuff that happens um, sure. when, when, when your mindset is not 100%. Um, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with me driving David's car this weekend. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident in my ability sometimes as far as I know when I have a good race car, um, I know what to do with it. You know, I usually don't walk around bragging, you know, that I'm telling everybody I'm fixing to fixing to win the race or nothing like that. But, but when I when I have a good race car, and just like this past weekend, when when I'm confident in what David's doing, I'm confident in the car he's brought for me to drive, and everything is relaxed and laid back, and and just kind of going, you know, everything just a beautiful day outside. I mean, everything's just on your side. You know, I knew we were going to run good Sunday. And that night at Ocala, when I went over the tractor tire, it was a struggle to get there. We didn't make up our mind. We were going till Thursday night. We had to change motors, tires. Um, you know, pretty much whenever I sat down in the car for the feature, I was war slap out. Right. You know, and, and that's that's one of the big differences, and that's where mistakes are made versus when mistakes. I mean, I think I made very few mistakes Sunday, and at Ocala that night after watching the video, I mean, I was just sitting there going, "Oh man, why did I do that?" <laughs> you know, and it just and that's one of the things. I was, you know, we were all me, my father, Mark, all of us were about wore out because we stayed up all night Thursday night getting the car ready because we right. you know, decided we were going to go at the last minute. That was my next question. How's Mark? Are you teaching him uh, about late model racing? Because during February, I would ride back to the the, the Gator Pond back there, and I'd kind of stop and mess with you guys a little bit. And uh, he looked just as happy as can be, man. He was just as focused. As you are, and you're a very focused competitor, Ivan, and at the racetrack, and uh, he looked like he had it pretty much figured out, man. Has he has he learned quite a bit about late models? Yeah, he has. He has. He's out. He's out there in the shop right now with my dad. We we just got finished putting a uh, another motor in the car for this weekend, and he he's you know he he comes and helps my dad about every day, and it, he's the type of help that is irreplaceable. It's uh, 
you know, he did, him and my dad just maintenance the car. They make sure if something's wrong, you know, I get to know about it. Um, keep everything fixed and, and keep everything going. And he is. He, he's real good help. Mark, uh, Ivan, and I remember the days Mark would sit in the grandstands with his son and his lovely wife, and he didn't even know you yet. He just knew that uh, you were from Ocala. He, you, he was your biggest fan, and he would ask us, hey, can I go down and, uh, you know, see Ivan? And, you know, and, and the relationship that's, that's developed uh, over the last 10 years uh, after watching him and, and, and his family watch you and just kind of uh, embracing your program, you're right, man. That's irreplaceable. I mean, uh, he, he's that's a great guy right there to have on board, and, and, and it certainly shows. Yeah, he, and he's come a long way. You know, he knows his way around the race car pretty well. He was um, not not timid, but just very cautious on yeah, yeah, yeah. changing motors and stuff like that because he didn't really understand some of the stuff that you know we, why we did things the way we did it. Right. Now he does understand. Um, you know, he understands that you know once the motors in the car, you know we crank them up, check for oil leaks, and you know do do the maintenance program, and he has a, a good grasp on that. Um, I tell you one thing that he really surprised me on was his uh, ability with the tires. Tires are a big issue in what we do. There's sure. more things touching the ground. They're the four, four most important things you have with you. Right. And, you know, he's really become to understand how we do the tires and why we do them the way we do them and, and keeping them mounted and dismounted and, you know, sackling them in and out so we keep everything fresh. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest benefit because that's the stuff right there that, that I just don't have time to do sometimes. And that's perhaps some of the most complex components on a on a late model, right there, are the tires. I mean, just like you said, that's that's where the rubber meets the track. And I mean, that's that's what you're sitting on. And uh, you're right. I mean, they they win races, and to have you know to for him to be gaining knowledge in the tire setup program, uh, that's that's wonderful, man. You got a you got a great great resource there in Mark Hool, no doubt. Oh yeah, and he you know he sticks right with me, and I take care of all my tires. I always have. Um, I'm pretty very knowledgeable on, on on the tires that we race on. I think I've raced pretty much my whole career on Hoosiers. I don't think, unless I went asphalt racing, I don't think I've ever been on anything else. And I have a very good relationship with, with Hoosier and have been fortunate enough to be involved with some testing and just, just knowing the rubber and knowing a lot of stuff about the tires. Well, even though it, it would be easier for me to do it all, it, it's the physical part of it sometimes that I don't have time to do when we're, where there's other aspects of the car I need to be working on. And that's the thing that Mark picked up on that just surprised me is, is knowing the numbers on the tires, knowing how to cycle these tires around and what we're going to run, where we're going, because we keep a tire inventory of about 80 to 90 tires. Um, you know, we've got spec tires in there for the, for the weekly shows and for the races like we run this weekend, and we have all our open stuff in there. And, hell, I want to say it took me five or six years to get a grasp on it, and, you know, I think Mark's picked up on it in like two years of nice. knowing when I tell him to go grab this tire, he knows exactly where to go and get it. Nice. And that's a, that's a – you'd be surprised how much of a tremendous help that is. I know, you know, these, these guys that race all over the place um, have it a little easier than we have it having to go through with the – you know, we race on specs and open stuff. Right, right. You know, when you get back to the spec tires and all, you have to dismount and mount all these things up because we just don't keep them mounted. Wow. Ivan and Lloyd, uh, now adding the Georgia State Champion to your illustrious resume. We could go on all night with you, and, and man, can't thank you enough for spending as much time as you do with us here on Dirt World. I know we try to kind of tap into you every time you get a win, man, and you're always so gracious about being on the program with us, and, and just want to thank you very much for being on board with us tonight, man, and congratulations. Well, thank you. Any Anytime. Yeah, I like talking to you guys. I like seeing you guys at the races and stuff, and uh, yeah, hopefully, you'll, hopefully I'll win a race here 
a little bit quicker than I did the last race, and I'll be able to be on here again. Well, Melanie yeah, kept it's reminding too me. Much, too long. Need to see his victory lane starting out at Swainsboro. It was. Uh, I haven't. I haven't actually until Saturday night. I haven't actually won a race in like four months. Good lord! Um, it's the longest uh, since I've been since I ever won my first race. It's the longest I've ever been without winning a race of some sort. You know, weekly show or something. Sure. But it's been four months since I've won a race, and believe me, Melanie, let me know about it. <laughs> well, I'll be up at Swainsboro Saturday for the Lucas Oil Race and hope to see you in Victory Lane. And uh, I wish you the best of luck Friday. And uh, again, thanks for being with us tonight. Dan. I appreciate it, guys. I'll see you later, buddy. All right, All right see you later, Ivan. Ivan Lloyd, the professor out of Ocala, Florida. Man, what an insight into what's going on with this guy. Uh, one of the uh, one of the best late model dirt racers that Florida has to offer, no doubt. if not the best. Um, a local six-time National Eight Mile Sportsman champion, two-time Southern All-Star champ. A local that says a lot right there. A he, local professional. 